You're listening to another podcast. A podcast about horror movies and scary things. You put your headphones on and enter another dimension. A dimension filled with zombies, killers, ghosts, and creatures beyond your imagination. You've crossed over into the realm of mankind's deepest fears. There's an episode up ahead. You've now arrived at Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares, a podcast where we talk about horror movies and why we love them and whatnot. I'm Luke. <laughs> Just completely gave up. 2022, yeah. the year we give up on our on yeah. our tagline. Oh, yeah. 100 up, years of some bullshit and fuck, a podcast where we talk about shit and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a it's podcast we talk about shit and nobody listens. And nobody listens. <laughs> Some people listen. There are people that listen. There are there are a few out there, and we thank you. Uh, this is our first episode of 2022, and uh, we're happy to be back after a little holiday break. Yes. We had a good time last year. Started this back in September. Yeah. It's been a nice little nice little run so far, so we're going to keep it going. Yeah. Um, Saw each other a few times over the break. Yeah, that was nice. It was good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Got times. drunk together. We did. We we did. We drank a lot of tiki cocks. Yes. Tiki cocktails. Yes. It was and a good time was had by all. By all, except for me. <laughs> oh, but you but you just said um, we got some horror. We gave each other some some horror based uh, gifts. We did. I guess. I guess I gave you a. I gave you a. Uh, uh, a Teen Wolf action figure, which isn't quite horror, but I mean, werewolves is... Close enough. Yeah. yeah. And you gave me a, a sweet Monster Squad print. I did. Which is definitely horror. That's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. And we kissed a little. We... <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a little bit of that in every time, because you never know when it's going to be your last. Just a We peck. didn't see... We didn't see each other all of we we didn't see each other once in the year 2020. We did not. Not once. Not once. Which is insane. That is insane. Yeah. Um I think we went from like Christmas 2019 and then the next time we actually hung out in person was like it was like April, April or May of 2021. 20, yep. Has insane so we we made up for for lost time and we did, and yeah, it was good. Um, so yeah, we kind of finished finished last year with a little. Uh, well, we did the the uh, Ho Ho Horror series, yes, Christmas Christmas Horror, yes, and then we we uh, capped off the year with uh, the thing, yep, uh, which was is a very wintry. Yes. Uh, horror film. And we're going to kind of continue that winter First horror First goddamn theme. week of winter. <laughs> First goddamn week of winter. Oh, God. It feels like it feels like the fucking Arctic right now where it, we're at. It Holy does. Holy shit. Yes. It is cold out. Um, so we're going to continue our, our winter, some winter uh, horror films. We're, tonight we're going to be doing uh, something a little different. We're going to be talking about two movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Two movies. Uh, I don't know how you from... could. I don't know how you could talk about them. I don't know how we could talk about them separately. I don't know no. how you could choose one over the other. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's a so they're they're both based off of, the, of a book. Uh, there's a, a Swedish film and an American film. Mm-hmm. Swedish film came first. It's from a it's written, the original story is written by a, a Swedish author John Lindquist. Yes. And um, don't even try and pronounce his middle name. No. Arjvand. Yeah. But there's that's why I just yeah. cut that out. Um, but uh, and uh, he actually did the screenplay for the Swedish film as yes. well. Yes. And then uh, while that was that while that was about to be released, uh, they were uh, there were American film companies, production companies that were trying to secure the rights for yeah. uh, a, a version of their own. And they had approached um, Matt Reeves, who was just coming off of uh, Cloverfield. That was pretty successful for him. And uh, he didn't really want to do a remake yeah. uh, initially, but they gave him like an advanced copy of the movie because it hadn't been released yet. Right. And so he watched it and he loved it, but he was like, I don't really know if I want to remake this because it's great, right. you know? Right. Um, and... Uh, and then he, it, it, I think it just, the movie just kind of stuck with him. The story stuck with him. And then he ended up reading the original, uh, I don't know if it's a novel. Is it a novel? It's, or it's is like it a novella. Story? Okay. It's like, yeah, it's maybe, uh, it's maybe 150 pages, 200 pages. It's not big. It's not Have long. you read it? I have read it. Oh, nice. Um, so you'll be able to kind of give me some insight as well here. When it's we, been a while, I mean, I, but yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty close to the... It is very close. The film version is pretty close it's because it's close. adapted by the author. So, yeah. yes. Um, but he ended up reading the story. And and then, like, after reading the story, he was really kind of hooked on it. And uh, just... He, he found a lot of connections to his own personal life um, growing up in the in the early 80s. And, and that was kind of what... Uh, uh, you know, kind of sealed the deal for him and made him think, okay, I think I can do my own kind of version of this. I've got, I've kind of got my own um, personal link to the story and, you know, so, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, I think we both saw the, the Swedish version first, right? I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I saw it before and, uh, that. And th- this is the longest buildup, by the way. We haven't even said what movie this is. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's in the title. It you is. You can't miss it. It's in the title of the uh, the podcast. So, yes, we were talking about Let the Right One In and the American uh, remake, re-adaptation, yes. Let Me In. Let Me In. Um, but, yeah. So, what were you saying? Um, Matt Reeves. Was born in 1972. No, um, I, I don't know what I was saying. I honestly can't remember. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, well, we we're just talking about the different movies and and um, and how, yeah, the the Swedish version mm. was was about to come out. And yeah, I I, Matt- I I saw the Swedish version. Sweet, I shared a Swedish version. <laughs> I shared a Swedish version. I shared a Swedish version. Heard <laughs> <laughs> heard. Uh, I feel like that's a that the Swedish the Swedish chef is like an, an offensive stereotype now, but I'm kind of surprised that know. they they continue with that character. Yeah, it's, you know it's, they got rid of they got rid of a poo from The Simpsons. Yeah, but they didn't get rid of the Swedish chef. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different dynamic for sure, but it's it's still it's still you know if I was a Swedish person, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Um, yeah, because it is it's kind of offensive. <laughs> anyway, anytime you take a language, anytime you take someone's language and like reinterpret and it, it as gibberish <laughs> is yeah. just it's uh, not a good look. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but that is all that is to say. It's going to be very hard for us not to slip into that at different points in this <laughs> podcast. Um, the Swedish version, I'm going to, I'm going to mispronounce Swedish every time too. It's going to be like sh- Swedish, <laughs> but it's just how I talk. I'm sorry. Uh, the Swedish, the Swedish version, um, just roll with it, roll with it. I don't care. Yeah. Nobody the S- cares. The SV, let the Swedish. right one in. <laughs> Swedish. Yes. Let the right one in was out and on Netflix before let me in was, was out. So mm-hmm. I saw that. That was right around the time that I got Netflix and was I, 2008. And, and when was, you say Netflix, it wasn't streaming Netflix. It was like I think streaming disc, Netflix right? had just had just I think I had really? just gotten streaming Netflix. Shit, I, I thought it was I thought that started later than that because that would that would have been like what 2009. 2009. Because the movie came out in 2008 yeah. and then yeah 2009. I don't would have been when we that was right when we first moved into I first moved into my house with my wife. And we got Netflix not long after that. Maybe maybe a little later. Uh, maybe right around the time Let Me In was was like getting ready to come out. But anyway, yeah, this has been a long anecdote. All to say, <laughs> I was working second shift and I was watching a lot of different stuff like during the day. And so that's when I was really in a big horror movie uh, kick. And I yeah. and that was one that people were telling me was really good. So I watched it. Um, and then I was of the mindset, and so that was the first one I saw, like you said. And then I was, and then I read the book, and then I was kind of of the mindset, uh, as a lot of people were, where I was like, "Why did they remake this?" You yeah, know? so soon, um, and you know, and after the Swedish version was, you know, so well done and very, yeah, very well received, and even right. and even the director of of Let the Right One In, um, he basically was like you know, why do you guys have to remake this? Why can't like English people, like (laughs) English speaking people can't enjoy this movie. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to remake it? And I think that, I mean, it's a very, it's and and, and the other thing is this occurred personally, in my opinion, this occurred in the mid to late to early to, you know, 20 aughts and the early 2010s was like peak. I don't know if it was just a perception that I had or if it was truly the case, but it seemed like peak remake reboot time. Yeah. You know, like before we had all this big superhero intellectual property and like the huge Disney, um, which Disney's remaking a lot of their stuff right now too. But it seemed like there was a period there in the early 2000s or the, the mid to late 2000s and the early 2010s where like, companies were kind of scrambling to find stories that they wanted to, to, to relate. And so they were just remaking like all kinds of stuff and rebooting all kinds of stuff and adapting all kinds of foreign language films. And it was just like, why just, (laughs) you know, you got like the ring and you've got like, and you're just like, why, why do you have to remake these movies? They exist already. We can just watch them. Right. Well, American audiences are going to want to read subtitles and, and that's one of the, and, and we'll get into this, but that's one of the interesting I I can I I feel like there are significant, and they may just be um, 
they may just be uh, artistic choices by Matt Reeves. Um, but I feel like there are significant Americanization changes to let me in mm-hmm. simply because of it's a Hollywood movie and they wanted to appeal to an American audience. Like certain things occur the way they do just because that's, they were kind of standard fare for things that have to occur in a Hollywood movie. And we could talk, we'll talk about those specific things, I guess later, but yeah. So that's when I watch it. I watched it pretty, pretty soon after it had come out, I think. And then I I watched the, the, the American one pretty soon too. And I read the book in between. Nice. Yeah. I've never read the book, but, but yeah, I must've, I must've seen the, the Swedish version in, 2009 you know in between when that came out and when then when the america remake came out mm-hmm. in 2010 um and uh so yeah it's one of those things where you know and and you know i mean matt reeves was you know bombarded with that question over and over again right. too when it when it was coming out i was like why why are you doing <laughs> like why bother why are you doing this i mean for um, him I, I don't want to – you probably have an actual answer, but for me, my answer would be it's a job. Like somebody hired me yeah. to make this movie and they're paying me to do it and I connected with it, so why not? Right, and that was the thing. It's like he – so he so he was coming off of Cloverfield, which was you know pretty successful. Yeah. Um, and uh, he thought – he had had this, uh, this screenplay called Invisible Woman um, that he had been working on. It was a passion project for him. He really liked it. He really wanted to get it made. And he thought, well, shit, now I'll definitely be able to do it after the success of Cloverfield. And he he brought it to the studio, and they thought it was, uh, I don't know, I guess they thought it was like too risky of a project or something. They just they didn't think they didn't think it would do very well for whatever reason, right? And they're like, but we are trying to, and I can't remember the production company that that he was working with at the time, but they were like. But they brought up, you know, um, let the right one in. And they're like, but we were looking to, we haven't, we don't have the rights yet, but we're looking to acquire the rights for this. Would you be interested in taking on this project, you know, directing this? And, um, and so like, that's, so that's how that came about. He originally, you know, was trying to do in another, mm-hmm. a, another original project, you know, and, and then they were just like, Hey, well, well, eh, that's not really what we want to do right now, but here's this. Right. And initially, he wasn't really wanting to do it, but then he he liked the material so much, he connected with it on a personal level so much that he was like, "Well, shit," you know. And and he, he thought, "Well, I can," you know, he can do his own version of it, and he has a connection to it where you know he can maybe kind of bring something of himself, you know, to the project. Yeah. And so you know, it's a, that's. I mean, I, I I like Matt Reeves. I think he's a he's a good filmmaker, and I'm super. You know, you know this, <laughs> but I'm super excited for his next film coming out. Uh, it's a, a little film called The Batman. I'm not uh, familiar coming, with this. <laughs> coming out in two months, and I'm, I'm I've never I've heard you been, talk about this. <laughs> I'm just chomping, chomping at the bit for this movie. Um, it's been in production for a long time, and I've known about it for a long time. And I, I'm, you know, we're we're huge Batman fans, and I mean, anybody who's seen the trailer, I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and um, and I and and definitely some of the more suspenseful aspects of Let Me In. Oh yeah. Get you excited for what yeah. what some of these some of these filmmaking techniques and things that he uses. Yeah. See them translated into that universe could be very could be very cool for sure. Yeah, and you know, so he you know he started in well he kind of started he didn't really and 
initially start in horror. He did like a romantic comedy, and then he he worked on oh like boy Felicity, the pallbearer, uh, the pallbearer, uh, David Schwimmer. I remember I remember a friend in grade school being like telling me one day like oh we watched this movie last night, and this was like in like. I don't know. That movie probably came out in 94, 95. We were in grade school. Not, not, not yeah, it was middle like, school, like Owen. It was like and, mid to late and, 90s, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, not middle school, like Owen and, and Oscar, but, <laughs> but grade school and him being like, oh, I my parents watched this movie called The Paul Bearer last night. And I was, I could not understand what the fuck he was saying. Paul you didn't Bearer. Know what, you didn't know I, what Paul I was Bearer so was young, like, I didn't know what the hell yeah, Paul Bearer like, was. And he kept, I kept making him repeat it. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And now every time he brings that, ever, or every time I see that cover now with David Schwimmer's dopey face on it, I just think of, <laughs> of him, of him saying the Paul Bearer over and over and me being like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? And then you make the face that David Schwimmer is making yeah. on the cover. And he's like, uh, huh? Because uh, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Uh, so then he ended up getting in, you know, then he did Cloverfield, yeah, which was, you know, monster kind of, you know, unique take on a, mon- on like a Godzilla type monster movie, you know, pretty, pretty good movie. Took the, took the handheld aesthetic yeah. of your found footage, Blair, Blair Witch and ramped it up to 20,000. <laughs> I actually watched it this week cause I hadn't seen it for a long time and I was like, eh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it again. And it's it's a solid movie. It's, it's entertaining. A good movie. It it's it it wears a little thin toward the end. You know the whole yeah. Those movies kind of do the. I mean, with it with a found footage movie, you you kind of have to like. There's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. Like yeah. you're like okay, this is a movie. They gotta keep the camera rolling, even though it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, you know. But it's a it's pretty well done and, and creative, and it it I think yeah. it's pretty cool. I, I like the and, and the creatures are pretty cool and yeah. Um, it's got yeah, a, it's, it's got an underpass scene like, uh, let me in, doesn't it? Isn't there, isn't there s- some stuff that takes place in an underpass? Yeah. Yeah. Like the subway. The yeah. Not the well, subway, yeah. like an actual underpass oh. at the, isn't there an underpass scene oh. at the end where they're like, somebody's hurt yeah. and they're like in an underpass. Yeah. 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 It's the two, la- the last two characters. The last two yeah. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, he he did not direct. I think he produced it, didn't he? He produced it, yeah. And, that's a good and, movie. That's a good movie. And it's it's just, uh, I think it, it it's really good because, and these are both movies that we could do for the podcast, but. And there's no a, there's no creatures in that one. It's all just like Not until the drama, very right? end. Yeah, okay. not until the very yeah. end. And But it's it's just cool that it's kind of like this weird spiritual sequel. Yeah, yeah. I like that it takes um, place in the connection. same kind of like universe, yeah. And it's so cool how they hid all of that until like it came out. Like right. they didn't even like really announce that there was a, you didn't even know there was a movie until like a couple of weeks before it came out. That's JJ Abrams for you. Yeah. It was, it was a good, it was good marketing and it was, oh, man, and, it, the, and the marketing for Cloverfield was amazing too. The marketing I don't know for if you Cloverfield remember that. was really that good was, too. Yeah. That was really, I mean, he's very, he's always very uh, mysterious about yeah. like he, he, back then. Yeah. JJ Abrams was very mysterious about his projects and stuff like that and yeah. had good marketing, but um, anyway, but yeah, um, so so yeah, I don't know. We're, we we've kind of been know. talking about Matt Reeves here for a little bit, but yeah, um, I'll go, well, you covered Matt Reeves. We'll go back and talk about Thomas Alfredson for a minute. Thomas I guess. Thomas Alfredson. So yeah, he he uh, he um, he was kind of the same way. He he hadn't really done. He was not a horror director. Yeah. So this was his first horror movie when he directed Let Let the Right One In. Um, he had done up until that. He had done basically comedies and some dramas and and 
and stuff like that as well, which I'm not, you know, him being a Swedish director, I'm not familiar with his other work. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm familiar I'm, I'm sh- with, the, I know there's a movie he did afterward, after yeah. uh, Let the Right One End, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier Spy. Yes, yes. That was, that was his, like, his, his only real big budget Hollywood movie, I think. Yeah. Which that's supposed to be pretty good. And that's got Gary Oldman in it, which, it's, you know. I mean, it's got a great cast. I, all I remember is I saw that in the theater. Oh, you did? I did. And, and you fell asleep? Uh, and my wife was bored to tears. Yeah. Um. I I don't remember a ton about it. I think I I I think I liked it, but it is very it's just a very lot, slow. Just a lot of heavy movie. sighs coming from her direction, <laughs> just constant. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just <sighs> really and, and and to this day, like there's not like she you know we we agree on a lot of movies you know, but and we have similar tastes and stuff like that. But that that's one where she's like, oh my, like if I <laughs> oh my if I even just like bring that up, she's like. <laughs> And, and I can't remember. I can't remember the ridiculous title that she says. It's not correct. It's not the correct title that she. It's always like some random assortment of like. It, it's not Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's some the, weird combination of other like nouns that the butcher, the baker, and the candleman. Yeah. The candleman. The candleman, not the candlestick maker, but no. the candleman. I stole that from Stathlet's Flats. It's not a. It's not my joke. Um, uh. The butcher, but yeah. the baker, and the Dick Miller, and the Dick Miller, <laughs> the Dick Miller's wife, and the um, Dick Miller's wife. Uh, which again, th- I I want to posit this question. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch back to let the right one in here in a second. But let me in. Elias Codius is in Let Me In, which is just you know, anytime you get a chance to see him, you know, you can't yeah, go he's wrong. Great. Casey uh, Jones, baby. But connecting, going back, we talked about this this week, and anybody who's listened to our podcast knows who Dick Miller is because he was. <laughs> Mr. Futterman in Gremlins, and he's a he's a he's a great actor. And he was also in uh, the original um, Little Shop of Horrors, which we talked about. So we talked about Dick Miller a number of times on this podcast. Yes. I am still confused. We'll never stop. I I am having a serious Mandela effect uh, sort of problem with the fact that Elias Codius and Dick Miller have never been in a movie together, and <laughs> and and have not even which is even worse. And I I didn't necessarily think that this had happened. Um, but even worse is the fact that they never played father and son. Like, I feel like that should have happened at least once with Dick Miller and Elias Cody's playing father and son. And they, but they've never even been in a movie together, which I feel like they ha- should have been in the 80s. Yeah, but that, that, that would be a great combo. It would be. They're both solid kind of, you know, character actors, like not super well known, but like, yeah, but good. And they both kind of have that, like, that, like, Gri- kind of weathered, squinty, grizzled. weathered. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. They, I, I can see. The, I definitely can see, like, uh, you know, kind of mumbly uh, New Yorky way of talking. Yeah, yeah. I can, they that would have been good, father and son. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let the right one in. Um, yeah. So Thomas Alfredson directed that, and uh, John Jan Lindquist um, Jan uh, wrote wrote the novel and the screenplay. Um, and I think the the novella was written like in 2006 or something. It was published. It was not out long before it got Wait, picked Lindquist, up. Wait, and... Lindquist wrote Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy too. No, let the right one in. Did I? Did I just? Oh, I, I thought you were still talking about. You just, uh, no, I no, think no. I just stroked off for a second, but also <laughs> you blacked out. But He's also, back. I thought you were. I, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I thought you were still talking about fucking Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. No, no. Okay. I don't need it. I've never seen that movie, and I, I'm bored just hearing about it. 
<laughs> Butcher Baker Candleman. Oh my um, god. Dick no, uh, yeah, I think that the novella for for Let the Right One In was written not long. I, I keep wanting to say 2006, but not long before Let the Right One In, the movie was actually picked up and made uh, yeah. in Sweden. And it was a huge, it was like a runaway hit, the book and the movie in yeah. Sweden. That's why it kind of went so quickly from well, what shit, I understand. But the, what the crazy thing is, is that, like I said... You know the American production companies were yeah were were scrambling to try to get uh, a a, re- a reboot off the ground before the Swedish version had even hit theaters. Right. So they knew even it before hot, it was released, hot. they they knew it was going to be something. You know, it's a hot property. Uh, even before seeing you know the the box office return or whatever. You know, which but, um, which um we'll probably get into this later as we talk more about the movie, but the book. It's kind of mind-boggling how hot of a property this was that two movies got made in the course of two years and that companies were scrambling to to get the rights because this book has some fucked up stuff in it. <laughs> I mean, like, you can get a sense of it from the movie, but but the the it's 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 crazy. Yeah. There's some weird shit. Yeah. And you got to figure that they're probably like, ah, oh, we just, you know, we'll figure out how to like kind of exclude that or or tiptoe around it or whatever. Right, but right. at the same time, you're like, I don't, I, me as somebody who's not in the business to read this book and be like, Oh God, they could never make a movie of this. Like I yeah. feel, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I need to hide the book and I don't need to tell people I read it. It's like one of those books. <laughs> like I don't need to tell people I read this. <laughs> I'm not going to recommend this to anybody. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna slide I've read this, but I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Um, um but yeah, we'll, we'll get well, into that. And like I said, I, I haven't read the story, so um, but it's I figure nothing. yeah, it's got to be close to the movie. I mean, yeah, you you get a like I said, you get a sense of Swedish all version. those things from the movie. Um, it's just that they're far more explicit in the book in a lot of ways. Like like the like the castration. The castration's part of it. Yes, yeah, the castration. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> yeah. Dear God. Um, I fi- I figured that. Um, and we we are talking about the uh, the. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about the movie The Left, The Right One. <laughs> if you're just joining us now, we're talking about child castration. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, we're talking about the uh, the character. Well, because it's never really made clear, and certainly not in the American film, but uh, not even in the in the Swedish film, that that's what happens. Like, right. You know, the, the, uh, the character of Eli, the... the Girl, and I put it in, in in quotes here. Yeah, um, the girl vampire. You know, she even says, you know, at, at a point in the movie, you know, would you still like me if I wasn't a girl? And, right. You know, makes many inferences to the fact that she's not a girl. Right. And then you see this, like, while she's like, kind of getting dressed in one scene, like the the character of Oscar, the boy, kind of is like peeking in and yeah, and sees like. It, there's like this quick shot of like the, you know, front of her pelvis. Of the front of her pelvis is the best way to put it. Yes. Yeah. And there's um, just a giant scar. And there's just kind of nothing there but a scar. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. <clears throat> and um, that's and it's never and that's it. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. But and, yeah, and, it goes into much more detail in the in the story. Yeah. In this, well, in this, I mean, what happens in the story is is and and it it's alluded to, it's alluded to in the movie. 
Um, and I think both movies, I don't know if they shot a scene or if they planned to shoot a scene, uh, this particular scene. And so it's, it's, it's alluded to, but in the, in the book, um, she, she, uh, you know, uh, Ellie, Eli, however, you know, whatever it is actually is able to like give Oscar a vision of what happened and like yeah. touches his head. And you, you get that, uh, at one point in the, in the, the Swedish version, she actually says that like, you know, I can show you and there's a yeah. creepy shot around there, um, where she switches to like an old version of herself. They yeah. sometimes like put in this weird old stand in. Yeah. Um, and so she switches to that, like right as that happens and it's creepy. Um, but, but that's where where there's a fl- in the book there's a flashback at that point of essentially, yeah, like as a as a twelve year old child like being it's it's he's like strapped down and can only see like a like so much of the room or something. It's very it's a very narrow focused yeah, and it's very narrow focus in the description of what's happening. And and it's described in a way that like a twelve year old would understand it, and it's and it's it's very it's it's subtle, but it's also kind of explicit. But yeah, it's like essentially like a, a vampire nobleman, like simultaneously castrates and turns. Why? Why the castration? Turns Ellie Eli into a vampire. Yeah, is it, is it at Ellie the same or time. is it Eli? It's hard yeah, to I say guess, because of I guess their Ellie accents. Would be the, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's female, and Eli would be. <laughs> you know, it's. 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 I think. I don't know. You know, I, Ellie. <laughs> I think. I think I don't. I know. always say Ellie, but it could be Eli. I don't know. They. They say like Ely, in the Ely. movie with their accent. It's like Ely. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's what happens is so there's like this weird flashback scene. So that's it's explicitly stated in the book, like it was turned and castrated at the same time. Yeah. So in the movie, when when uh, Ely says, like, you know, would you like me if I wasn't a girl or then later, she, you know, says something along the lines of like, you know, I told you I'm not a girl. It does have a double meaning. Like it's not a number one. It's not human at all. <laughs> It's a freaking vampire. Um, so that's that's part of it. So that's that's a one right, interpretation. Right. But then, yeah, then there's the explicit interpretation of like it's not. And then when and then there's the other part where she where you know Ely says like I'm nothing. Yeah, yeah, literally nothing. You know, yeah. not neither male nor female. You know, not no sex whatsoever. It's just it's it's so that's one of the more explicit parts of the book where you're just like you get to that. If you've seen the movie, you're kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like you don't really think much about it, but then when you read the book, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> oh yeah, that's heavy. it's kind of it's kind of crazy that they it, that they decided for the Swedish version that they decided not to have that flashback scene, right? But then they but they decided to show. That weird shot of yeah. her, of her, his genitals, like, right. or lack thereof. Like, lack that's kind of strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is like, strange. it's a strange choice of like, you include one, but not the other. It's like kind of weird. And, yeah. And if you didn't know, like, I like, honestly, like, 
I remember you tell. I I think I remember you telling me about that, like yeah. because you had read the story about the ca- the whole castration right. thing. But that's but that's not alluded to or mentioned at all. No. In, in and then that all you get is that shot and her saying, right. "Would you like me if I'm if I wasn't a girl?" You know, right. and that's all. And so it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing that they included the one thing but not the other. Um, the American version kind of. I mean, she's. I think she says the same thing. Would you like me if I? Yeah, if she I says the exact same things. Yep. But you just don't get quite the impression that you you almost get a stronger impression from the American version that Abby is a girl. Yeah. You almost you almost get you almost lean more toward she really is a girl, and that when she says those things, she means like I'm not human. Right. That's the impression that I get. Yeah. Um, partly because Chloe I mean, Grace, think... Chloe Grace oh, Moritz ahead. is much more feminine than yeah. Lena. And also, Lena also, much more, also much more human. <laughs> like yes. I think, uh, I think, uh, the, the actress who plays, you know, Ellie, Eli, whatever in, in the Swedish version is much more alien and animalistic. Yes. Um, and I mean, you get that, you get a little bit of that kind of like, you know, animal side of, of Chloe, you know, yeah. as Abby in, in the American film, but, um, but not, not as much so, I don't, I don't think. And, and there's definitely more warmth yes. uh, in, in the American film. Yes. And, and I think a lot of that goes to the casting too. So one of the other things it's, is kind of goes, ties in with what we're talking about you know, when we started going down the path of uh, talking about Thomas Alfredson uh, and, and his approach to the movie um, kind of after you were talking about Matt Reeves, um, because Thomas Alfredson's approach to, to the casting was much different than, than what was done with let me in. So when they did let the right one in, I don't know about Oscar so much, but with, with, Ely, it was they specifically casted Lena, and I think her last name is Lee Anderson. Everybody's last name in Sweden has an Anderson in it somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, so when they when they cast her, they specifically cast her because she was androgynous. Like she, her hair was like you know shortish but not or longish but not super long, and face and like her face and stuff. She she didn't she had that you know she had that preteen. Mm-hmm. kind of childlike look of not you can't really tell you know on first glance you can't really tell if she's a boy or a girl you know right. and and that's not to say like you know it, it's not like that she's like weird looking or anything right she just right. at that age w- had just that perfect mix of like i'm not quite sure whether she's she's male or female yeah. and so that was perfect kind of a perfect fit for the role because they were leaning more toward that you know John Lindquist was really leaning more toward his original idea from the book, you know, with, with the script he had written. Right. And so, um, and so that casting choice was interesting. And then, and, and then, um, they actually dubbed, a, a, an androgynous voice over hers to make her even more, to make That's it crazy. even more confusing whether or not she was male or female. Yeah. I didn't Whereas, realize that. Yeah. It's hard to tell unless you. Unless I mean, there's there's parts of the there's parts of the movie where like her voice is deeper, where yeah, she's like deeper. you know creepy deeper. Like it's very, 
specifically deeper. But yeah. but her regular talking voice, I didn't realize that even that was dubbed over. Yeah, which is weird. Which which they did that with Chloe too, but it was uh you know clearly like digital or something. You know they had yeah. Whereas in Let the Right One In, it was like somebody else's voice, which is just creepy, yeah. creepier. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. But they didn't do any of that with with Chloe. the the casting The casting for Let Me In was Hollywood style casting. I mean, they were casting these parts with the best child actors and actresses they could get. And, you know, and even at the age of, you know, 11, 12, which Cody and Chloe both are, you know, they both still look like children. They don't have very strong masculine or feminine features. But, you know, Chloe's been a child actor for a long time. And even when she was little in like Amityville Horror, when she was like five or six or whatever, you know, she's got the big She's got huge doe eyes and like full lips and like she just, you know, she has yeah. a very, she looks like a girl, you know, yeah. just very feminine looking in the face, which so they didn't. And so I don't know whether all all that aside, I don't know whether the Abby in my mind is more likely a tr- truly a, a female or, or not. Yeah. And that and that whole plot is kind of just gone by the wayside or whether or whether um, I mean I, you know, I don't think it really matters that much it, to be it honest. It doesn't matter at all, you know. Honestly, you know, like when you think about it like I mean, what does that what difference does that really make in, in right. the grand scheme of things? Um, and that that brings me to my next point and that's that's the fact that I feel like let me in made a lot of those cuts where they were like what difference does this truly make? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas let the right one and because it was written by John Lindquist, yeah. he stuck to those things. Right. He was like, this was important in the book because of X, Y, and Z. We can't get rid of it. Right. Whereas he whereas, was too connected to it, too tied exactly. to it personally, you know, because this was his baby, yeah. you know, it's his, his creation. And so, yeah. you know, he, he probably, you know, sometimes it's hard to, what is, what's the saying? Kill your darlings. Yeah. Something like that, you know? So like, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to have somebody, kinda, somebody else kind of come in and, and, and see things with a fresh perspective and, yeah. and um, yeah. That, and so that kind of, I don't know if you were finished with, with, with uh, your point there, but I was, I'm I, done I was, trying to figure out whether a 10 year old kid is a male or a female. I don't even know how I talked about it for so long. I really oh, wanted man. to direct it toward like the casting and stuff and kind of yeah, how no, they did yeah. that, but which um, uh, there was one other point I was going to make one other interesting thing about the, the casting kind of ties into the casting and the child actors the, they took two radically different approaches with how they did this stuff. Uh, I'll talk I'll, for let the right one in and you can talk about let me in because you were the one that told me about it. But for let the right one in the actors who play Oscar and Ely are like, they did not read the scripts. The scripts really? got signed off by their parents and, and the parents knew what was in the scripts and all this stuff. Yeah. But Thomas Alfredson uh, basically fed them the lines really, and let them in the scenes, let them really figure out how they're as, as a character or whatever, how they would react and how they would approach things just hmm. by like getting a feel for where they were and what they were yeah. doing at, at that moment in that moment. 
Right. That's weird. Which is which is very different, you know, because and and one of the reasons he said for that is he's like, we don't have child actors in Sweden. We don't have like there's not a group mm. of kids I can go to and get somebody who knows how to act. I have to like get a kid who's going to work for the part and then coach them through it somehow. Yeah. And the best way I can do that is to get them in the moment and get them, you know, as a because children are constantly living in the moment. And just get right. them to that place. Huh. Interesting. Whereas yeah. with Let Me In was a lot different. You told me yeah. about how that was. Yeah, with well, so um, well, so inter- there's an in- interesting segue into that with um, so Matt Reeves um, was friends with J.J. Abrams, right? And you know, growing probably up, still is. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> um, and uh, at one point, I can't remember when it was. Um, I, I don't know if they were in in high school, or if they were in college, or what. But they ended up like they ended up somehow getting into contact with Steven Spielberg, uh, and like you do, and ended up like like trans transferring his like eight millimeter like tape or it was like old sixteen millimeter film to eight millimeter tapes or I can't remember what the process was, but they yeah they just like somehow made this connection with Spielberg, and and. Uh, transferred some of his some of his old movies to a, a, a more you know uh, current uh format i can't remember what it was and um betamax betamax <laughs> and um well i think that's well so yeah what was so what was the what was the movie that came out was that eight millimeter yeah is that abrams right mm-hmm. okay so i think that's where that comes from that that whole eight millimeter thing is because you know mm. So I think they were I think they were transferring like eight millimeter tape to fuck I don't know, but anyways, and I, and these these stories are always so weird like how the like right you know you go back in time twenty thirty forty years whatever people were doing so crazy shit like I don't know how the hell they got into contact with with Spielberg and were like you know transferring yeah. his personal like films to you know like a new format or whatever like i don't even know that how that was the other person we talked about like that where they were like well 14 or something and yeah rob botin rob botin just just fucking writing a letter to rick baker and he's like yeah "Yeah, sure come on come and come and and make do special effects with me and my next movie like what the fuck you know how to light shit on fire (laughs) yeah come on down (laughs) you know how to melt plastic uh (laughs) but yeah so um so anyways Matt Reeves uh, had had a connection, you know, to to Spielberg, and so he reached out before before they made uh, let let me in. He reached out to Spielberg and and asked for him asked his advice on you know uh, directing children because he had never directed you know Matt Reeves had never directed children in a film before, and obviously Spielberg had <laughs> um, yeah. to to great effect, and uh, and so Spielberg I guess told him to like um i think he told him to like have each of the actors each of the kids you know um like write like keep a diary or something in mm. in character uh, with their character and and then he would end up i think they would end up sharing their diaries with the director and and I, I can't remember what else happened, but like, yeah, it was much more involved, and and obviously they they knew the script, they saw the whole script right. and, oh, yeah. and everything. You know what I mean? It was completely different than uh, the Swedish film, but yeah. um, 
but yeah, I mean the the they're great in this movie. I mean, they Cody, are. Cody Smith McPhee is fantastic. You know, yeah, I mean, I I, very good. I prefer. So we're gonna get into kind of some more comparisons here. I prefer him as Owen. Yeah. To uh, I, I I'm not sure of the of the actor's name in in the Swedish version playing Oscar, um, but I much prefer the, that character Kari in the, in, and <laughs> in the American film. I I I prefer his character in that. Um, he's uh, I don't know. He there's there. I mean I I just think that there's more emotion. Yeah. Uh, in in the American yeah. film, you know, between especially between the kids. Definitely. And I mean, and the, that whole movie is just like, it's about the kids, you know I mean? Like yeah. you don't, there's, there's a couple other adults in the movie, but it's mainly, it's really just kind of them, you know? It's about their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's not, there's not a whole, there's not very many adults present other than no. the care, the caretaker, you know, uh, yeah. Abby's, Abby's kind of caretaker and, uh, and then Mr. Zork, know, who the, the gym teacher. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I just, I think, yeah, and, and Cody Smith, McPhee, I mean, actually both of them, uh, all the, actually all the kid actors in this movie, all the main kid actors in this movie have gone on to, and, you know, they're continuing to do, to, to do, uh, to do yeah. good work and, and grow as actors and stuff like that. I mean, uh. Chloe and and Cody and and even yeah. the the kid who plays the bully has has kind of gone on to have a su- pretty successful yeah uh, career as well definitely and I hate that little bastard in this movie <laughs> yeah he's, he's the worst prick God I hate him um, um so I I agree with you I think I think the the relationships between Owen and Abby in this in this are I mean it, if I had to choose which one I liked better I would choose let me in specifically because that relationship is so much stronger mm-hmm. and so much more thought out, carefully planned and executed, I think in this version yeah. than it is in let the right one in. Um, and a part of a large part of that is because as you said, I mean, they did a lot of work and, and because these were, prof- I mean, Chloe Grace Moretz at the time in 2010 was an established actress <laughs> Yeah. She had been in a lot of movies already and a lot of TV series already at the age of whatever it was, 10 or 11 or, or 12. Um, so, I mean, these, these, these were serious. I, I'm not sure about Cody. Um, uh, well, he'd been, he'd been in, uh, he was in the road and, and I can't remember yeah. what else he did. You know, That's right. He was in the road with Vigo. Vigo. Sweet baby, sweet baby Vigo Mortensen. Uh, so yeah, and then he I mean, these something are, else, but these are serious actors, you know, mm-hmm. in a serious role. I mean, this is, you know, yeah, they cast two lead actors for these roles. I mean, that's what they're 12, but they're lead actors. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the two kids in let the right one in were good, but they were not, you know, these were not professional caliber actors necessarily. And I however, think there's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, however, I prefer... In a lot of ways, and this is kind of one of the things I was getting at earlier when I said some of the Americanization of the of the story in the movie and let me in, I prefer the overall tone of let the right one in mm-hmm. to let me in. Um, and I think 
that starts with the actors. I think the overall tone of the like the kid actors relationships and kind of their kind of their um the underacting maybe of it mm-hmm. is is in, at sometimes more realistic and, yeah. and it doesn't mean it's more entertaining or makes for a better movie but more realistic in general because the kids were kind of more raw and more and and were just kind of being themselves to a degree and, and that extends and le- to the bullies too and let's not forget let's not forget Oscar's constantly running nose that's yes. real. <laughs> That's real. That's real, That's baby. There's no, but... real, real <laughs> snot rockets coming out of there. I, I agree, though. Like, um... I, and that's kind of the that's what I was going to start to say, you know, and and then you were getting there, so I, I let you finish. But like, oh, I, I appreciate kinda... that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me finish. Um, but no, like that's, that's I, I kind of I kind of felt that way too. Sometimes where it's like, so, yeah, like. It's there's something to be said about kind of um, a little bit more of a raw, innocent uh, yeah. approach to to the to the kid characters, you know, in in the Swedish version. Um, it's yeah, maybe the acting isn't quite as good for you know X Y Z reasons, but like, but you know they're kids like they're not they're kids exactly you know what i mean and, and it's like they're not these perfect kind of well, nobody's perfect but like they're not like these it, it, it can be sloppy you know and, yeah. and and so like there's something to be said about like the the more kind of um i don't know just it's more uh, natural yeah well, it's just it more, feels it's more little, naturalistic it's a little more natural yeah it's a little it, it's definitely a little more naturalistic um and I think t- to me the the where Owen and Abby's relationship is is far more dynamic mm-hmm. and more entertaining and mm-hmm. and more emotional because of because of the professionalism. Um, but but on the flip side, the relationship with the bullies I feel like was way better in Let the Right One In and more well executed than in Let Me In, because I feel like in Let the Right One In, again you have that kid aspect where they were the the, the acting was a little more raw and the escalation was a little more believable. Mm-hmm. The 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 bullying in Let the Right One In was starts out kind of tame mm-hmm. and not even really all that. No, that intense. And there's even like, you know, you've got the one kid and let the right one in. That's kind of like, you know, doesn't really want to take part in the bullying, but he does. And he's kind of ashamed of himself. You've got the other kid who's, who's, you know, the tall skinny kid. Who's kind of like somewhere in the middle where he's kind of like taking part, but he's also kind of like talking to Oscar off and on and like saying hi to him, which was part of the bullying, part, but part also of that kind of, was like manipulating him. Yeah. Right. But it was also, it, sometimes it felt a little genuine too. Um, but, but that felt way more realistic than like, you know, the four foot Cody Smith McPhee and the six foot Dylan Minnette <laughs> and him like immediately, like just, I don't, I don't even, it was just like, it was just like all of a sudden he was just being torn. It was just, he was just tormenting him, you yeah. know? And it was like, there was no, you know, it, like, you know, I've, you know, I know bullying gets pretty serious a lot of times, but like, you know, and, and none of it is good, but the, I'd say most cases are far more, far closer to the, to the kind of 
just stupid shit that was happening and yeah two-thirds of let the right one in then like the 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 somewhat very intense feeling stuff that happens in let me in um which obviously they both go over the cliff toward the end but right and that's um, why and that's why i kind of think you know maybe i mean i think so i I think there's more instances and i might be wrong but I, i feel like the bullying is more prevalent it's more it's a bigger part of the story yeah in let me in yeah, there's more scenes in, uh, revolving around that. Um, yeah. It's more intense, um, and 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 I think it kind of you know it almost kind of has to be because the way right. because of the way it ends, it ends with you know, right all all of these fucking bullies dead, you right. know in 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 the uh, in the in the uh, you know in the swimming pool area. Yeah, and and so I mean, so I kind of. And, and also, the, you know, I, I think the other thing that they do with the bullying a little bit different. Uh, I mean, it's kind of it, it's there in in the Swedish film, but not as much. Like you really see that, like the older brother yeah. of the bully in Let Me In. It's like it, a, yeah, is doing the same shit. Yeah. To to him, you know, to hit to the to the even bully. calls him a little girl, just like yeah, exactly, yeah. And so so yeah, that that's one of the other diff- little differences too. Yeah, he calls him a pig in the in the Swedish version, right? And then yeah. he calls him a little little girl in the in yeah. the American version. But squeal, squeal like a squeal, squeal, squeal like a pig. The other thing, the other thing that kind of goes along with the bullying that. I feel like, again, it gets ratcheted up and let me in and I don't necessarily appreciate it. It's not that I'm like, it's not like, like that I find it distasteful or anything because I, I, you know, it's part of the movie. Um, but I feel like <laughs> I f- and I'm looking at the picture right now, looking at the cast list. The first picture of Cody Smith McPhee with the freaking like plastic mask on with his shirt off and the knife where he's like where he first starts out, oh you know, and he's like, and he's like, uh, so that, that whole piece where he's like, and it's in the book and it's in the, the Swedish movie too, where he's like, you know, telling, he's kind of like pretending to fight the bullies with this mm-hmm. knife that he has. Um, in, in the Swedish version, it's much tamer. It's, it's like him kind of toying around with this pocket knife that he's got. And he's like, you know, clearly he's picked on and he's like feeling down on himself. But you almost get more the sense of like he's just venting his frustration and, and you know, he's kind of a loner. And this he's just kind of – that's just how he's spending his time, Oscar. Yeah. Whereas Owen, you're like – you first see him and he's doing this and he's got a shirt off and he's got a knife. He's got this mask on and he's like doing this whole taxi driver thing and you're like, Jesus, is this kid like a fucking serial killer or something? Well, and then he goes right into the fucking like pervy voyeurism where he's voyeuristic on everybody. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Like, Rear window that, style, yeah. Yeah, that stuff I'm just kind of like eh. – I, I feel like – Yeah, but on the flip side, you got to remember that in the, in the Swedish version – He's got a whole binder full of, of like newspaper clippings about right, like about like true. murders and he shit was, like that. He was very me, he was all interested in that. To stuff. me, that's true. To me, that almost borders a little more on the serial killer side yeah. than you know what I mean. It's um, really really the point is the the point the reason they characterize him like that is is because you know it's got to be believable that he would be drawn to 
the vampire. Yeah. It's got to be believable that he would he would make this leap from kind of this outsider character to like being cool with like her killing people yeah. and him just kind of being like, okay. Well, and so, yeah, that's like, so there's a couple things I want to talk about, like um, going, going right along with that. Um, so, you know, talking about how <laughs> you, there are points in, in both films where you're like, you know, you can see the, uh, the potential for him to, you know, that he's on the path to possibly becoming, you know, a, a serial killer, you know, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but it's, so that, that is, I, I think it's a, it feels, I don't know, it might, it might feel a, a little more explicit to me in the Swedish version, strangely. I don't know why. Um, but it's kind of, it is fittingly disturbing that he kind of ends up as Eli's new caretaker where he yeah. will be, where he will yeah. be a serial killer. Right. He'll be, he will be killing people it's, on yeah, a regular basis it's, for her. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what's, I, I find that really intriguing and, and, and yes. disturbing and, you know, it, exactly. But, um, I agree. And, 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 um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I guess, you know, thinking about it in those terms, let, let me in makes a lot more sense to me because I think it's more explicit in let me in. Okay. Know? So, it's 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 very interesting to it's 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 an interesting aspect to that character of Oscar Owen where you see him on this path. Both mm-hmm. of these kids are very and Owen probably more so because of the the acting of Cody Smith McPhee, but both of these kids are pretty endearing, you know, when they're being kind of kind to yeah. Abby Ellie and when they're kind of you know, and they're being kind of shy and, and, you know, they're trying it, you know, they're trying to get in shape and like, you know, they're, um, you know, they're trying to like bond with people and, and, and like Owen tries to reach out to his dad. You get, you get a lot of like childhood, like feels, you know, you get a lot of like sympathy, sympathy for this kid. Um, and at the same time, he's got these weird ticks yeah. and and it's like and not only like you said not only or i guess i said does it does it kind of explain you know this kind of dark side of him explain why he's drawn to the vampire but also exactly like you said why he's you know why now you can see that the path to this kind of end game where he's becomes the caretaker where he becomes yeah. the, the the Renfield character to yeah. the vampire um right why it makes sense that's i mean that's the whole reason it makes sense um but it's wrapped up in this nugget of like you know a 12 year old two 12 year old kids you know kind of falling in love you know and along and along that along those same lines you know another 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 aspect of the movies that's different that I think um, ties into that ties into, you know, why Owen Oscar do the things that they do and are the way that they are is the parents. Yeah. Um, So the parents are handled quite a bit differently in all the the adults in in the movies. Kind of in general. Yeah. 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 So in, in the Swedish version, 
you know, the mom, the mom is there. So the parents yep. are, the parents are in both cases, in both films, the parents are uh, separated. Divorcing. Yeah. Um, Getting a divorce. The, the dad does not live with, you know, the, uh, with uh, the mom and, and right. the boy. The boy. The boy. <laughs> I, I mean, you're talking about both both kids with different names, so it's like just the you boy. You have to say Owen slash Oscar every time. <laughs> every time. Um, and so, you know, in the Swedish version, you, you see the mom. She's there. I mean, she's present. Um, you know, there's exchanges of dialogue, whatnot. Um, and there's even a couple of like, not just exchanges of dialogue, but there's a couple of like scenes where they're kind of like goofing around with each other. Right, you know? right, right. And... And, uh, and then, and then the dad, uh, there's, there's scenes where, uh, where Oscar goes and visits, visits the dad, you know, he, he lives out in like a cabin in, in the woods yeah. by a lake or whatever. And it shows like them having a good time together, having fun, blah, blah, grand blah. Grand old time. Yeah, grand old time. Um, and, uh, in the American version, you never really even see the mom, like you, I mean, no. she's there. You see her. She's there. There's like brief glim- glimpses of her, but you never f- actually. I don't know if you ever actually even see her face, really. Uh, like if you do, one, it's like maybe once. It's very one shot, brief. Maybe. Yeah. By the way, even her driver's license is like the picture on her driver's license when he opens her wallet is like all scratched up. You can't even see really? her face. By the way, the the lady, the actress that plays the mom, yeah, plays the the uh, the mom of. Uh, Oh shit! Uh, in it's a great Str- story. In Stranger Things, uh, I, 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 Strangest I'm, Things, uh, the Strangest Things. In, in Stranger Things, the I can't Mike? remember the the characters' names, but is it Mike that will uh, um, Wolf? What the fuck is his yeah. name? Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Uh, and then Nancy, Wolfart. right? That Wolfart, <laughs> Wolfart. Uh, and then Wolf? I think, and then Nancy's Wolf? Nancy's his sister, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's the mom of those characters plays the mom in Let Me In, same hmm. actress, but you never really see her, so it's like no. you know. Um, but uh, and then the dad is completely absent. Like all you hear yeah. from the dad is like you you, hear, you briefly hear him in a conversation with the mom over the phone, and then later yeah. uh, Owen calls him, and that's a great scene. Um, that was a great scene. That's not in the Swedish film. Uh, it's 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 not in the Swedish film, and I would say it's it's honestly there's three major turning points in that movie for Owen's journey, and I would say that that's the first one. Yeah, and and then there's two more after that, and but that that scene is is the first one. Yeah, and it's key. Yeah, he he calls him up and because he, he's he's now at this point in the movie he's now realized what abby is right and and yeah he's you know he's confused and he's scared and he's yeah he feels alone and he's reaching out you know right it's his his rock bottom he's he's his one friend he's realized this about and he's terrified and scared and alone like you said and he's trying to reach out to his dad for some kind of help yeah and his dad is just doesn't understand, you know, he doesn't, doesn't even, understand. it's like he doesn't hear a word he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect it, father-son conversation. Like, <laughs> just, I'm serious. It's like, you know, like 
to think that as an adult, and, and I know what happens to think as a father that you would have conversations like that as your your kid when they're reaching out to you in like a time of need. And I know what happens, and I know what'll happen to me if it hasn't already. Um, <laughs> what, what's and you happened? kind of just you're you're so involved in your own thoughts and your own yeah. problems that you're just kind of talking to yourself and not really hearing the yeah. need of of your and sometimes kid. and sometimes like you know it's you heartbreaking. Just, yeah, it is. It is, and like you know. Sometimes, especially like, you know, with, you know, my kids, my kids are young. Um, and, but even like, you know, like my, my five-year-old, like, you know, she'll be talking to me sometimes. And, and I mean, it's not that she doesn't know how to speak well. It's just sometimes she doesn't know how to like express, right? you know, things verbally, you know, it, it, to where it, 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 you know exactly what she's talking about. Right. And so like, yeah, like, I mean... I, I, that, that scene kind of, yeah, kind of hit, hit me hard rewatching yeah. it because it was just like, it, it, I mean, it's a great, it's a great scene and, it, and it's, it's an important scene. And it's all just Cody Smith McPhee's performance. Yeah. It's just strong, strong, strong and, performance. And Elias Cody is on the, vo- uh, on the phone <laughs> playing the, playing the voice of the father. Um, but is your, um, bitch, is your bitch mother talking bad about me again? <laughs> but they also make like the so it, it's interesting because like the so the American version you see less of the mom and you know there's less interaction, but you almost get more you almost get more of a of of her character is almost more fleshed out like she's made yeah. to, to be kind of like this religious kind of like. Like overly religious, and yep. uh, um, they they kind of hint at that, and uh, so that's kind of that's kind of interesting that they that they they show that character less, but you almost get more of a sense of her character, right? Than in the Swedish version where you see her more. Um, right. But I really like I really like the American take where um, where you know it just makes more sense for for the character of Owen to to do what he ends up doing uh coming from you know having those relationships with his with his parents and and yeah i mean and and the the absence of them the absence you know it is it to me it just makes more sense to why in the end you know he would he would kind of go to Abby and be like i'm you know I'm going to, this is what I'm good. This is my choice. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm giving up my life. I'm going to go, this is what I'm going to go do instead, you know? So, right. Um, but, um, so that's, yeah, that's one of the major, one of the big differences in in the movies is, is is how the parents are depicted. And I I think it's more effective in the American version. And, and yeah, I agree. And, and, and so I said there were three, three turning points for, Owen. yeah, yeah. There's really, there's really four. I was interested um, in hearing your other. Well, I'll start with Oscar. For Oscar, he's got the same plot beats, right? But there's really only one turning point for him. At the point that they get to the to the climax, and he's in the pool, he's he pretty much his his mannerisms and his and his his actions at that point indicate that he, he it, you almost get the the sense that like he doesn't even really care that. Ely's gone. He just, you know what I mean? Like he's pretty much like just kind of over it already. Yeah, like yeah. you don't really feel like he was all that distraught 
and he's just kind of like, oh, you know. So the turning point for him is really just like her showing up, killing the bullies, and him being like, you came back for me kind of thing, and you say saved my life. Like, yeah. you know, and, and my parents aren't really there for me, so I'm just going to go with you. Right. Um, which his parents don't really seem to mind when he's not around anyway because he – Hitchhike, uh, he hitchhiked out of his dad's house back to his mom's yeah, what house. The hell? Nothing really ever came of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, how was the dad not like well, well that? And that's that scene is he kind was of, toasted. That scene is kind of sad too. I kind of sad. I that's a pretty like, sad. I kind of like that scene, and that scene that's a good scene too. That that scene also just kind of like fucking hit me hit home with me too. Yeah. Um, because I'm that creepy guy that I'm comes that, over. I'm the fucking. <laughs> Yeah. You're trying to hang out with your kids and I'm that creepy guy that comes over and just like, let's drink. Uh, and your kids uh, are just like, no, your, daddy, please. Put your fucking kids to bed. Let's get fucked. Uh, let's get, uh, let's but get no, ripped. But, but that seems kind of sad because it's like he, here you have you know Oscar. He's got this precious time with his dad. Yeah. And this some dingus friend shows up. And, Real and, creepy looking dude, and they get and, and it's like really awkward, and then they just end up starting to drink, and it's just kind of like yeah. fucking. That's just kind of sad, you know. Like it's it's sad. It um, it was very very good, very believable, very little said. Yeah, yeah, very uh, just, understated, but very just, very very good, <clears throat> understated, but yeah. not but not the kind of performance, not the very emotional performance in. The Latin yeah. version. So you I know, guess not not as not right. as strong of a performance, but a, a still emotionally affecting scene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's almost like the same scene, like the scene yes, where it's, it's where the analogous scene. It, it, the scene where you know the, that friend come, he's over at his dad's house, and the friend comes over, and they get drunk, and and then it just kind of whatever, and it's just kind of awkward and sad. That whole that scene is kind of that's the Swedish version of the, <laughs> and then the the American version is yeah. when. Is when he calls his dad on the phone, and has that conversation, and so yeah. they're 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 both those scenes are powerful in different ways, different ways. Um, but but you still feel like Oscar by the time you know by the time he's back at the pool and Ely's decided to leave him. That yeah, he's he just, just seemed like, like oh. totally. He's just kind of like that. Nah, fucker. That's true. She's he's gone. just like fucking around in the in the fucking around in the pool. Doesn't not a care in the yeah. world. Like yeah, that's yeah. true. He's laughing and smiling, carrying on. <laughs> You're like okay. <laughs> um so the so this the, the 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 four turning points are really the same but i feel like they have a much stronger it, you get a much stronger feel from them in let me in so the first is the phone call hmm. so he you know he, he's you he's been building to to kind of figuring out what what abby is the whole time and then he finally sees it and he calls his dad and then his dad isn't going to help him and that's kind of when he realizes so that's his first realization. Like, okay, that's where you. That's where you get. That's the point where you're like, you know, he's on his own. He knows he's on his own, and right. you know he's on his own. That's that's the that's the stopping point. Which again, let the right one in with their analogous scene undermines that because there's a scene with his mom after that where they're kind of like brushing their teeth in the hallway and like smiling at each other and like goofing around. That happens after that point. Oh, so really? Yeah, that's right. Oscar, I think it happens after that point. So Oscar kind of like his character, you feel like backtracks on that a bit. Like yeah. he, he doesn't, he's not on his own. He's still got his mom and his mom's pretty cool. Right, right. Um, whereas Owen at that point, you're like, he's he's on his own. Yeah. He's got nobody else and he yeah. knows it too. And then shortly after that is the scene um, – is the scene where she comes over and he and I've, the titular that's the turning point for the whole movie really 
is the titular scene where she comes over and she's like, you have to, they've said it to each other a number of times now, but she's like, you have to invite me in. And he's like, well, what if I don't? Cause he knows she's a vampire now. And he's like, I'm not going to, what if I don't? And he's, you can tell he's not really like, he's kind of, he's playing kind of scared, but not really. You yeah. get the more sense that he's really fucking with her. Like he's kind of pissed that he didn't, she didn't, tell him the secret <laughs> right you get the sense almost that she's she's more he's more pissed that she that she just didn't tell her tell him this right then then that she's then that he's worried that she's gonna like kill him or something and so he's like i you know yeah what are you gonna do if i don't let you in and she's like i i you know and so she he kind of like coaxes her just to come yeah. in and show him what'll happen and that's when she kind of just starts bleeding from every orifice yeah um which is interesting, um, <laughs> but but that's the that's the turning point. That's the poignant scene. That's the whole the whole reason the book is named this. The whole reason this is like at the you know the start of the climax of the movie. The whole reason that is as important as it is is because the whole point is that they've built this relationship. He knows that she's a vampire. He's seen it, and she's showing him now in this one act through all of this. She's showing him officially like. I like you. I want, I want, you know, I want to be around you. I'm, I'm, I, this is the, one of the few ways is an undead (laughs) monster that I can prove to you that I will be vulnerable around you. And that's what, that's what she does. It's like a, it's, it's a gesture, you know? And then he gestures right back by letting her come in and then they, they hug. And that's when that kind of like is the beginning of the end, you know, seals the deal. And then the next, the next major turning point is when, he kind of they that's when they seal they kind of seal their relationship you know cement it and then the part where he kind of seals his own fate is when uh you know the the policeman right. kind of uncovers her body right and instead of helping the policeman he just closes the door <laughs> yeah which is disturbing yeah um and then obviously the pool where she saves him and that's just the that's just the kicker to kind of give them a reason to run off together. Right. And, and so one of those things is not, it's not like the other, <laughs> it's not like the other is not in the, in the Swedish version. And that is the, the policeman. Although yes, it's a similar scene. It's just with similar scene with, with a different character. So that, that brings me to our next kind of point. far worse character. Yes. Um, that brings me to my, my, our next kind of point here of, of the differences between the two films um and that is uh the detective character so the, the detective, de- the detective elias, Cotius. elias Cotius in the uh in the american version that character does not exist in, in the swedish film in the swedish no. film they do not have police in this in no, sweden apparently apparently not <laughs> apparently not people people are just being random murdered. drunk assholes <laughs> in apartment buildings have to do all the sleuthing <laughs> Uh, although I think they do have like a police officer at yeah. the beginning of the film, like like talking to the class or something, and, and let the right one in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, or maybe it's a fire fireman or something because he mentions something about like how do you know if uh, uh, yeah something about if there's like about if, if someone who you know died in a burn building or something you know whatever I can't yeah. remember, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I think that's another another choice in you know in the American version that I think is a better choice 
It's uh, a far better choice. To, using this detective character instead of... There's this whole group of like people that live in yeah. the apartments nearby, uh, yeah. nearby Oscar. They were the, they were the B plot in the, in the novel. Yeah. They were, their little group was kind of like the secondary plot. Yeah. And they're just kind of a weird group of people in the movie. And I don't know how much, how, how close it is to the book, but like in the movie, they're just kind of a it's strange pretty, group of people. And it's pretty much exact. Really? Yeah. I figured. Yeah. Just with you know, the writer being the screenwriter, but yeah, um, and and that, yeah, a lot of that just feels kind of weird and extra, and just like I don't know why. Like, I I mean, it's 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 twofold. It, It had to be included in some fashion because you have to. Ely attacking Virginia is is kind of an important part of the of the plot because it signifies that it signifies what she has to do when that when you know the the caretaker character is not around right. to get blood for her. It signifies you know kind of kind of how, the the problem with her having to hunt on her own. Um, and and so that part is important and so and then also the the other character from the apartment is important because he he's the turning point you know he's the he's right. the murder that Oscar witnesses right. and kind of decides he's okay with yeah, assists uh, toward the end yeah, yeah assists uh, uh, yeah and so again it goes back to what you said you know killing your your darlings or whatever it is which I've never heard before but whatever kill your darlings yeah yeah, um, it cl- it's clear that you know that the the author either didn't know or didn't want to better distill that mm-hmm. for, or didn't know how to for a screenplay how to distill that down because it's too much, it's too much B plot for a movie. Yeah, that's the problem. It's 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 way too too dense it's of w- a of a B plot. It's way too much like character interaction. Uh, it, it's it's way too much that uh, of the story that involves characters that do not interact with the other characters at all right. throughout at all. The, throughout the course of the movie until that until that crucial point. It's just to until get, those two yeah, crucial points where where Ellie attacks uh, right. Virginia and then what's his name Lack Lackey or Lack I don't know Lock Lock Lackey Lackey. Um, you know, is killed in the apartment at the end, but um, but yeah, it, it to me, it's just I don't know. It just it it's weird, and it just doesn't it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, and 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 kind of condensing that into uh, a, a detective character just makes more yeah. sense. It, you know, yeah, he and he can be everywhere, and it, you and know, it, he can take and it flows better, on. and and yeah. yeah, just it yeah, it's just more logical. Um, and so then you have like other characters in the building. So instead of having this, this group of people, you know, that live in the apartment area, uh, and are, and know each other and are friends and everything. Instead, you have kind of like, you include more of this voyeuristic aspect of Owen kind of yeah. peeping in on different neighbors and yeah. those different neighbors are the ones that kind of get killed. You have the guy working out who, yeah. who is the one 
that he's the he's the Jacques of the <laughs> of yeah. the American film. <laughs> he's he's the guy that gets killed in like the little the tunnel area, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, um, the underpass. Yeah, the, it's the it's an underpass in in the Swedish film, and it's like a tunnel in the American film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have him get killed, and then you have the uh, the neighbor of like the it's like a young couple or whatever, and and the lady is the one that gets attacked. Um, yeah. Instead of you know the Virginia character or whatever, but but yeah, so you kind of and I and I just think that works better. I mean, for me personally, yeah, I don't you don't know. you don't need to be attached to these people. They're 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 plot devices. Yeah, like you, you know? set them up, but the, you don't linger on them for too long. And the only important thing is that they're all from the apartment building, so that not because you know they need to be friends and they right, need to right, all right. talk to each other, but because it gives. The, the policeman, yeah, a reason right, to constantly be right, to come back to that area, and yes. yes, exactly, and realize that something like pretty pretty quickly realize something is amiss, yeah, in this in this area, yeah, in this 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 apartment building, right? Um, and so Played by Elias Cotius, <laughs> um, and yeah, and that that allows them to eliminate one of the worst scenes in Let the Right One In. Oh my god! Involving CGI cats. <laughs> the 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 cats the cats represent two of my favorite and two of my least favorite parts of Let the Right One In. I love the reflection shot, which why she has a reflection. I don't know. I don't want to get nitpicky, but I love the reflection shot at the candy shop in Let the Right One In when that cat yeah. first realizes her and starts hissing at her. Was, that's that's a cool shot, and it's a cool little like. If that would have been it for the cats, it would have been a cool little like. Yeah. Nod, just like a foreshadowing, like oh something's off with her sort of thing. Right. But it's more of a foreshadowing to the worst scene <laughs> in either of these movies. <laughs> yes. Yes, involving so the yeah the Virginia character gets attacked, but then she doesn't go to the hospital. She just fucking goes home. She just goes. She home. gets bit in the neck. And then just goes home and then like starts feeling funny the next day, comes and then goes back to one of the friend's apartment who has like a shit ton of cats. Too many cats. Too many fucking cats. And um and all the cats start acting crazy around her. And then they start like leaping onto her and like biting her and like attacking yeah. her viciously. And it's it's not <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not it's not good. It's uh yeah, it's like I don't, is there like a puppet cat at one point like biting her? There's a, the puppet cat that jumps on her leg and bites yeah. her leg, I think. Yeah, and then the rest of them it's are like CGI. CGI, and it's bad. And then when she's got them all hanging off of her, they're kind of puppets, I think. It's 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 not it's not a it's good a look. Bad, it's a bad it's a bad mix. <laughs> it's a bad look. Um, yeah. I will say though that so let the right one in has that that scene. Yeah, let me in to me. The only, actually, I will say the only thing about Let Me In that I don't like is when, are the scenes when Abby attacks people. Yeah. I don't, they make her CGI and they make her, it's just kind of over, it's too much. Her makeup is bad too. Well, yeah, but like mostly just like the, like, you know, like in the, in the tunnel scene where she attacks the guy, she's like bouncing off the fucking walls and like it's like it's cgi and like it's just it's just a little too much and then like even subtle yeah the rest of the movie is very subtle yeah it's not subtle yeah 
it's just too extreme and and it's just like it's you know it's like it's like Harry Potter C, you know Harry Potter early yeah. Harry Potter movie CGI yeah. like you know rubber band humans flopping around yeah it just doesn't look very good i mean this is a movie that this is a movie that like she flies in this movie but you never see her but you never see it right they're, they allude it, to it. Yeah, they're they're very restrained in in other areas. But then but this then, is then, like, yeah, they yeah. go overboard with this, and it's like, eh, yeah. They, I don't like the make. I don't like her makeup. Yeah. I don't like that. I feel like it's got that. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's just kind of generic. It's got that weird like like her her, her mid two thousands like zombie kind of look, yeah. and then like strong contact lenses. It's got that like the dark. It's just very generic looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. Th- they did a lot of. Oh yeah, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, they let the right one in. They did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, they made a lot of cool artistic choices. Absolutely. They, yeah, I agree. They and 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 uh, Thomas Alfredson said it. He said, you know, we don't use a lot of CGI in this movie. We we use a lot of CGI in this movie, like fifty shots or so, but um, but it's it's never intended to be very overt. It's, yeah, it's subtle. They changed like the shape and size mm-hmm. of of the, the actress's eyes yeah. at times yeah. to make them smaller or bigger, which is like when you know sometimes you don't even notice it sometimes. And then like at one point, I just remember being like, "Why are eyes so fucking big?" Yeah, and then it's and then it's like gone, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know." Yeah, I know. Um, it's like you, it makes you wonder, like, are her eyes really that fucking big, or like what what yeah. happened? Yeah, but then you kind of looking later, and they're not, and they're a different color. Her eyes change yeah. color. Yeah. And and then like um, in one point, the my favorite shot, and you and I talked about this, and you mentioned it too, is they're they're in this dark room, and she's like Oscar, you know, getting trying to get him to turn on the lights, and as she's like walking in this dark room, at one point she turns her head, and as she turns her head, you get like the the reflection in the back of her eyes, which I love that effect, yeah. and so you get that dark reflection, and then he flips the then he flips the lights on, and as and. St- her pupils adjust you see her pupils adjust as the light flips on but instead of going from like dilated to like narrowed it goes from like a blue cat eye to like yeah, the, a normal human looking eye the pupil and is it's like super yes yeah, pu- the pupil is like a, a cat or like a, a snake or it's like a it's yeah. kind of like a narrow kind of slit yeah and then it kind and of it it like, gradually rounds out yeah but um, to the effect of like you just like seeing some pupil, yeah, like it's you cool. wouldn't even really notice it unless you were staring right at it, yeah. and it, it 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 draws your attention to it enough that you probably would see it. But I, I, um, I think that's that, super that sh- subtle. I think that shot's cool because it it starts with so she's like in the foreground in yeah. in focus, but her face is in in shadow, right? And and, and then you see like. The eye, her eye is kind of reflecting light back like an animal, like an animal's right. eyes. And and then he flips on the lights. So you get, so it draws your attention to her eyes by right. doing that first. Before and he, then the lights yeah. turn on. And so you're looking, it kind of makes you look, makes you watch for the eyes. And then when the light comes on, you see them change from like that cat-like reptilian-like yeah. slit to like more of a rounded normal pupil and... That's really yeah. cool. I think that's really cool. That is cool. Um, and then, in, and then the other thing they do with her. Well, we already mentioned that she's got a dubbed voice. Yeah. So a deeper, 
that actress, somebody, somebody else dubbed over her voice deeper. Um, and, and also did like the more like low, like growls and like yeah. deeper voice, like even deeper scary voice, like when she's like upset. Um, but then they also had a stand in yeah. that they, with the, I think we mentioned, but they had like an old, older person that they would put on makeup on to make her look like the kid. Yeah. But then they would like certain shots. They would just suddenly like cut to yeah. this old stand in. Yeah. There's, like, there's no like dissolve or any kind of like no. transformation. It's just like a, it's just a hard cut. Like yeah. Cuts away, cuts there. back. And then it's like, oh my God. And so quick that you're just like, what the fuck it happened is kind to her? Of and then you're just like, oh. Creepy. And it's, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I kind of think it's effective. It's, you know. It is effective. Because it is so, it's so quick and it's, and it just, and, and because the, whoever they got for the, the adult actress, it's kind of weird because it like, it, it still looks like, it kind of like looks yeah. like her, you know, but like, yeah. and the way it's lit and everything is it, it's like a, it's a quick and seamless transition but then you're like your eye immediately is like wait a yeah. what the fuck it, like you know like something's wrong and and uh, yeah My, it's good yeah, I like I it. think what I told you is I both love it and hate it I, <laughs> I I love the idea I think that the actress looks super cool it's creepy looking and 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 creep the cuts are creepy but there's something about it that I feel like I feel like is kind of amateurish or like heavy like if they would have done the same thing and let me in it would have been super effective but it was almost just like they kind of didn't pull it off as good as it could have been um i don't know there's just something i don't know if it's the cut or what there's something about it that like i feel like it's not used to the to the best that it can be yeah and i think that's they probably could have done something where like they do a quick gradual fade uh, yeah. from like the adult like even in even within the shot you know what i mean like uh, yeah uh, with like uh, up from the adults to the the child actor that could have been kind of cool yeah. i don't know it's just i think let the right one in in general you know i again it's not a hollywood movie it's a small foreign film really and you you're gonna get those things. You you're gonna get those things that you're like, and and I don't. I'm not a huge fan of remakes, especially especially when they're not warranted. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would I would go so far as to say again, let me in. The remake was not necessarily warranted. Yeah. I love the movie. It wasn't necessarily didn't necessarily need to be made. Yeah. Um. But you know there there is something to be said for for kind of boosting everything up and polishing it off. You know. Yeah. I think to an, to that extent because there's there's rough edges. Let the right let the right one in has rough edges. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's yeah. not perfect. No. Um and uh And I don't mean not perfect in like I don't mean not per- I, I want to clarify that. I don't mean not perfect in like let me in is a perfect film. I don't mean that. Right. I mean let the right one in has feels to have acting and cinematic mistakes not mistakes isn't the right word but just things that aren't shortcomings yeah it has shortcomings that that are just inherent of a smaller budget foreign film as opposed to a high you know a highly uh high caliber you know professional director professional actor 
you know, Hollywood production and that, and that's backing. Not, and that's not always going to be the case. A lot of times Hollywood it's not always fucks it up, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. A lot of times Hollywood does the opposite of what you, you know, you know, us as like film fans would like them to do. But like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will say, I will say that I overall, so I think, so I, I think Let Me In is, uh, I, I, in some ways, in in a lot of ways, prefer it. Um, Right. I think it's a warmer film, which, not that it necessarily needs to be a warmer film, um, but I I, I think it's a more, it's a more emotional film. And, um, and, you know, I I think, I, I, I do think that the character of Ellie is handled better in, in terms of her, her, her as a vampire, those mm-hmm. choices are are handled better in the Swedish film. Yeah. Um, I I feel like if if they had taken, if they had done the cool kind of things that they did with her in the Swedish film, in the American version, and kept everything else the same in the American version, I think it would be easily the better film. Yeah. Um. But there are things about. Yeah, the, like I mentioned, you know, the, the kind of the CGI Abby attacks and uh, and some of the other makeup and other things like that. And I, I really like I really like the 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 look and feel of Ellie in that movie. She just feels more alien. She feels more animalistic. And they do some real, like we mentioned, we, they do some really cool subtle stuff with her that I think just really has a big impact on on how you view her character and and just the just the eeriness and creepiness and the otherworldly kind of nature. Um, yeah, but you know, one thing we haven't talked about, uh, and that's another, it's another area where the, the movies differ greatly is the caretaker. We haven't even yeah. talked about that and we have, and we're kind of running out of time here, but, but we have to talk about that. Um, so the caretaker in the Swedish version, um, is, is an idiot, is an idiot, is a fucking idiot. <laughs> He's like a, he's like a, he's a fucking buffoon. This guy like this guy like gasses somebody like off of like a a jogging path, like a brightly lit yep. jogging path, and then sh- yep. strings him up in this same area, about a yard away, yeah, brightly under, lit area under a street light, and then like fucking dog comes over, and he's like tuck, tuck. he's just like trying to shoo him away, tuck, like. Tuck, tuck, tuck. And then he like knocks over the blood, and then he just fucking runs out of there, leaves the blood. Yeah, just leaves everything. Just leaves the fucking blood. Grabs his fucking toolbox and everything, but leaves the fucking blood. Yeah. Um. And then later, he proceeds to like get this young guy in like a I don't know if it's at the school or like the gym yeah. or whatever. At a gym. Somehow strings them up in the gym, like in the gym locker room. And then, like, totally fucks that up, too. Yeah. He's, he, like, pulls up and sees all these kids there. Yeah. They're, he's watching. He's just fucking creepily watching them play and basketball. And there's, like, a, like in the, well, first of all, again, brightly lit in the window. We can clearly see him from the inside <laughs> of the gym, standing in the window, watching them play basketball. Creepily watching, yeah, teenage boys play basketball. Um, and then and then he's, like, and then what... I I was a teenage boy once. There's no like one 
there's no one teenage kid that's like going to be left at the gym by himself that you yeah. can just like solo murder. Like there's right. going to be somebody waiting for right. him or there's going to be somebody else around. Right. Even while he's in the gym with him, like hanging him up, somebody's in there turning the lights off. Right. There's like a fucking janitor or something walking around turning the lights off. Yeah. He's just in the gym with this kid. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just terrible choices. Stupid. Um, so that, that, and that character is also very like, you just don't get anything from him. Like you don't get no. any kind of emotion from him at all. Stone faced. Um, and he's just like, when he's like, when he's like getting ready to go out and. and Looks like Hoggle. And Hoggle, <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Hoggle. Holy shit. Um but yeah, when he's like getting ready to go out and like fucking murder people, he's just like whistling and eating apples and just like he just like doesn't he clearly doesn't fucking care. And like to getting me his killing tools. And to me, like in the American version, first of all, he's played by Richard Jenkins, who's a fantastic character actor. I love that guy and everything he does. Um Yeah. And he really brings a lot of emotion, you know, to the character and, 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 uh, and, and the scenes with him are some of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, yeah, the, you know, you know, the, 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 and, and he wears like this, like black plastic, like garbage bag over his, she came up with that by the way. Yeah, he did. That's right. Um, and it, and it totally makes sense too. It's creepy. It's like effective. And, and and it just like makes sense that he would do that if he's gonna be fucking killing people and getting blood on him like makes yeah. sense to cover himself and like you know, um, but like his approach in the movie is that he like he'll kind of like stalk someone and and wait for them to leave the they'll, they'll park somewhere the he'll wait for them to leave the car and then he gets in the back seat of the car yeah and then they drive away and then he you know he kind of comes up from the back seat. Um, and, and the first time is, works fairly well. At least he's in a, he's, at least he brings him to a dark area to kill the first guy, you know what I mean? But then he kind of fucks that up by, I think he kicks over the, he kicks the thing and then like slides down the hill. Yeah. goes down the hill and then a car comes by as he, yeah. And so then, so that, I mean, that just makes more sense. And there's even a scene where like. Like after that, where like she's where Abby's kind of like just kind of yelling at him, like for fucking yeah. up, and you can just tell he just seems exhausted and tired, and he's just like yeah. he's like, and I think he even says something like, "Maybe I'm just like can't do this." Yeah, anymore. something like maybe I maybe I'm too old. maybe I'm basically like maybe I'm fucking up on purpose. Maybe I want to get caught, yeah. kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is a great. You know, that's a great just – that's a great, like, look into his character. You know, just that one line, you know, is just a great look into his character of, like, what he's kind of going through. And then the next scene where he he kind of, you know, is stalking someone, um, that scene is amazing. And he gets in the – you know, he does does the same thing, gets in the backseat of a guy's car – which I don't know why he wouldn't pick like young women instead. Like it seems like he'd be easier to overpower than young, you know, teenage men. Right. But whatever. Um, and so in that scene, yeah, he gets in the backseat of the car. The guys drive. The the guys driving off, and he stops. And a friend, that one of the guy's friends, comes up, gets in the car, in the passenger seat with him, 
and, <laughs> and you just immediately like the tension yeah builds the, and the suspense is just like and you're just like oh god you're like you're just like <laughs> you're just immediately like holy shit like and you just you're in you're you're put in the position of this killer in the back seat so you're feeling for the guy in the back seat who's gonna be right. killing someone like it puts you in in that perspective and that viewpoint and then they stop at a gas station like this brightly lit gas station and he's just in the back seat of the car and you just uh. see like him laying on his back in the back seat of the car and you just see his eyes through the <laughs> you just see his Ridiculous. eyes through the fucking cutout holes and you're just like oh my god what you're just like what the fuck is gonna happen and the way that that scene plays out and 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 culminates with with him like attacking the passenger and then you know just getting in the in the driver's seat and like putting kicking it in reverse getting out of there yeah. and while while the owner of the car is like and his friends are like running after the car and then he ends up there's that crazy shot so like all one kind of like take where he gets like sideswiped by another car and it's like rolling and spinning and goes down yeah. the hill i mean that whole scene's fantastic it's great um and that i mean that 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 to me that whole scene is better is just better executed than almost than anything in let the right one in in, oh, in yeah. terms you know what i mean in terms of just cinematic yeah. just like and suspenseful and just like that that's amazing and that the it, suspense and that's completely you know that's completely unique and original to to the film yeah there's there's two things I wanted to mention, and they kind of both tie in with that. The first is the suspense. Yeah. So you mentioned that as suspense. I mean, Matt Reeves has a number of scenes in this movie that that are unrelentingly suspenseful. Yeah. Like the scene where where the policeman is going through the apartment. Yeah. And you know he's going to stumble across Abby. Yeah. You know it, but it's just building. And you, you see Owen kind of like trying to hide off and on and it just builds and builds. And then finally he's going down the court. The, the moment he hits the corridor and he's going toward the bathroom, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And because, and, and it, and it's all starts with the note yes. to Owen where she says, please, she's like, I'm in the I'm bathroom. In the bathroom yeah. Please don't come in. Yeah. And your, your, your mind is immediately like, what the fuck would happen if he went in there? Yeah. And then the cop shows up. And and that just blasts blasts the whole thing open. Which it's and then you and then you're following him and you're just like, Oh my god. Which it's interesting because, you know, that scene is 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 kind of the same in, in the Swedish film. It's yeah. just a different character that comes into that scene. It's a different character. Um and it's but it's but he doesn't it doesn't show him re seeing the note, right? The note is left in both films. But I don't think it yeah, it's, I don't, I don't think it ever shows the the lackey or lack guy Locke or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, I don't think right. it shows him see the note. He just he just kind of goes through. He just through. makes his way there one for some reason. It's just about the pacing and yeah. the music and the timing. It's just yeah. That and then get it, also every he just step also he downward. just fucking walked into the house in that movie. <laughs> like, yeah, he just opened the door it, and walked in. It, like it, like it, there's like this shot where it kind of like slowly pans around. It doesn't even you don't even hear him come in. It just slow in the Swedish version I'm talking about. It just kind of slowly pans around, and he's just standing there in the, like the yeah. apartment. It's like, how the fuck did he get in? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, like Ellie did not lock the fucking door or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, which that, which again, that scene is it's just so much more well executed in in Let Me In because Owen reads the note, and 
again, it tells you see I'm in the bathroom. Please don't come in. And you're just like it's it's both polite and terrifying because you're like, oh <laughs> right, fuck, right. like what's, what would happen? That's your your main your brain immediately goes there. What would happen if he went in there? And then he he goes to leave, and the and that's when and the cop shows up yeah. and starts pounding on the door, and you're like, oh shit. And then yeah, and then it's like a trap. And rat, they even and the cop sees the note, and they even foreshadow the creaking of the floor. Yeah. In an, in another scene, in a previous scene, like they're, mm-hmm. they they like because that's what that's what kind of makes the cop end up kicking down the door is right. is he steps back from the door and it creaks and I think they right. foreshadow that in a pre in another scene, you know earlier in the film the the creaking floorboard right by the by that door so they even do that right. which is cool you know, um, yeah so that scene, yeah that scene is. Is yeah. sus- it's very suspenseful. Yeah. It's tense, and then and there's there's a number of others, but then the uh, the the drowning scene at the end that lasted probably three times as long in Let Me In than it did in Let the Right One. Yeah, the the they constantly are cutting back and forth to the clock, to the boys, yeah. to Owen, and you're just like. To the point where it's almost like ridiculous. You're like, something's got to stop here. This has been going on for like a minute and a half. Whereas in Let the Right One, it seems like it's just like almost over right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's just it's just a it's just a stronger. A lot of that is just stronger, you know, movie making, um, especially for horror. And again, you've got Matt Reeves who's made horror movies before, and then you've got. You know, uh, Alfredson, who who had admittedly had not, right? And so that's you know, building that suspense uh, is is a big part of that. So the other thing I was going to say, the last thing I was going to say, because you mentioned it, you prefer Ely over Abby, even though you prefer Let Me In. Um, yeah, and I actually, pre- I I actually am I prefer Let Me In, but I actually prefer Abby over Ely. Really, uh, and I like. I like the kind of um, we've talked about this, but you know, in in let the right one in, uh, the vampire is kind of the interest in Oscar is almost more just kind of curiosity, you know, kind of like a an alien observation, you know, you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit before, but like, it's more like kind of like, you know, just curious as to like what this boy is and what he's doing more so than like anything else. Yeah. Whereas in let me in, you get the sense that Abby has almost a true, almost a true interest in Owen mm-hmm. like right away. And the first thing she says to him is, is uh, like, I can't just so you know, I can't be your friend. And I think she says I, that I, in, my, in, in the Swedish version too, but right. But the, the dialogue is almost exactly the same. Right. In, but the, in those scenes, but definitely. my point is it's, and it's not necessarily the very first thing she says to him, but my point is, and let the right one in and let the right one in it it really does feel like you know it really does feel like i'm not going to be your friend yeah. like i know you see me and you see a 12 year old here but we can't be friends yeah. whereas in let me in 
it feels it plays to me much more like a 12 year old talking to a 12 year old yeah like i've i you hear kids say that sort of shit to them right. to each other all the time yeah i can't be your, i i don't want to be your friend i can't be your friend like that sort of stuff even though like you know that they're going to end up being friends <laughs> yeah, you know right. that sort of thing it, it it felt like a 12 year old and I think that's the that's the dis, one of the distinct characterizations and one of the reasons that I like Let Me In slightly more. And it's my preferred interpretation, I guess, even though it may not be true to the book or true to the original idea. I don't know. But the 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 idea is to me, the vampire in Let the Right One In is, you know, for all intents and purposes, hundreds of a hundreds of year old vampire yeah. um in the body of a twelve year old. And and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the the idea. Whereas the the vampire in Let Me In is more is more like a twelve year old stuck in time. You know, yeah. like it still a twelve year old where and, she's and, maintained and, her her kind of yeah childlike. And they. They both say that. They both yeah. say like because he asks her a couple of times, "How old are right. you?" And at one point, she finally says, "I'm 12, but I've been 12 for a long time." Right. And they say that in both versions. And let me in. To me, it plays more like it plays more like I'm like Peter Pan. Like I'm perpetually a child. Like and you and 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 Chloe's performance is much more to that regard, where it's more like she has a genuine childlike curiosity in Owen, in the Rubik's Cube, in, you know, the candy, like the candy scene almost seems more like she's not only like trying to placate owen by taking a piece of candy and make him happy but she's also somewhat genuinely curious like kind of like what's the worst that could happen sort of thing you know what i mean yeah. like i i just it, now it's and all later subtle <laughs> now and later eat some now save some for later um but it's all very subtle but i feel like that's yeah. kind of the direction they took that performance is like she is a kid she's just been a kid forever and but she still has that same childlike because you think if her whole if her whole body stopped changing mentally you know you, you would you would it would almost you know you could easily make the leap that you know she still has that same childlike you know sense of like being in the present and that same feeling of strong you know connection to another kid and like all of those things you know yeah you get that a lot more in let me in than you do let the right one in where it's like she's more much more alien much more true vampire like kind of mm. distant observer yeah more curiosity for for you know because things are so strange and new to her not new to her but so she hasn't you know she's just interested in in things as a as this kind of alien figure whereas in let me in she seems interested in things because she's like a kid yeah and it's interesting because, like, you know, um, and I mentioned it earlier, but like, you know, the so the Swedish Swedish version is um, is much more cooler, uh, temperature wise, yeah, in terms of yeah. like the um, the color palette and um, the cinematography and, and lighting and stuff like that. And the American version is much more warmer. Um, they both, I mean, they both have snow, 
you know, they both take place in like the snow. So, I mean, like, obviously the, the Swedish version is in Sweden and the American version is in like New Mexico, like a snowy a portion of New Mexico. setting for a snowy movie. <laughs> but apparently it snows in, in, and Los Alamos is a, a real uh, New Mexico town. Lies. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, I think that that actually has an effect on you as a viewer that that warmer yeah. color palette and, 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 um, and cinematography, like it, you know, that I think, and it, if it doesn't have an, uh, like a, a strong, I mean, it, it certainly helps, <laughs> uh, combined with the warmer kind of, performances and the, yes. more of the warmth between the actors the, you know the kid actors yeah. and the characters and stuff like that like so those two things combine the warmer cinematography and the warmer kind of uh, emotional kind of connection and and, and dynamic between the, the two kid characters those two things really it's it's yeah it, it's really interesting because when you look at the two movies they're so similar you know, yeah. for obvious reasons, you know, they're coming from the same source material. Um, but it's interesting that the more you look at them and compare them, the more you see differences, some some that are more outright and obvious yeah. and others like you were mentioning that are just more subtle. Just yeah. it's like it's like even where it's like the same dialogue, but it's the way that right. it's played. You know that's that's yeah. just slightly different and 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 just gives you a, a, a different feel, and that's I think that's really interesting um, that you can have these yeah, scenes, and, those scenes where they're outside at the jungle gym. I mean, those are yeah. those are almost word for word, word the same. For word. Yeah, um, because that comes from the book. You know, that's the way it is in the book. So you know, but like, but it's it's interesting that you can have the same dialogue shot so shot in a different way different actors and have like kind of a different feel to it yeah i mean and and to circle it all back to when we were talking about the caretaker to uh, um to the two scenes in each movie respectively you know there's a scene where he's packing up his stuff to go out for his kind of final his final hunt before he gets captured and she and again, foreshadowing because he melts the shit out of it later. <laughs> but uh, she walks up and kind of touches his face mm-hmm. in both versions of the movie. And in Let the Right One In, it's like, it's like, it's like a, again, it's like an alien. Yeah. It's like a fucking blind person just like slap. <laughs> she's just like, she's just like, like in her brain, she's just like face and then walks away. <laughs> Slapping a piece of meat. Whereas, whereas in Let Me In, she kind of like caresses his face, and he kind of reacts more to it, and as he well. reacts, yeah, to it, and you get the sense that they did or do or you know have right, that there this is kind of yeah that he's not know, just like her some bitch, kind of, but right, that there's a, that, a, a, that there at least at one point was maybe more of an emotional connection, you know, right. Which, which is then later further, you know, further alluded to when you see the picture yeah. of him and her as children and, and kind of that he went through the same cycle as Owen. Right. Like basically they became childhood friends and, and yeah. 
you know. And it's it's crazy how like just that one shot of him looking at those that those series of pictures, yeah. you immediately know that's the caretaker as a kid. You know, right. like it, and his reaction helps. But, yeah, yeah, but like they, they don't have to do much else to really make you you know make have that connection. Um, yeah. And and yeah, that's just another kind of thing that that and that's you know that that makes it all the more you know tragic as well. And then you you, yeah. you realize at the end that he's going down that same path, and he's gonna yeah. you know he's gonna end up the same way as this caretaker, you know, right? So, which it's interesting, and we the, we should probably wrap up after yeah. this because this is. This is this has been going this, on a long time. This is getting this to be our be... longest episode here, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, we're talking about two movies, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So true. Um the last thing I was gonna say is one of the things that is dealt with in the book that's hard to read is a lot is about pedophilia. Oh god. So I'm not gonna go into details on what happens, but <laughs> that's a great way to end the episode. <laughs> it's a great way to end the episode. But they didn't include it in the movies. Because in the book, and in the book, it's very, in the book, it's, it's, I guess, well explained. And in, in the book, there's a lot of these characters are very, there's a lot, it's a lot more depravity, I guess, and a lot more commentary on like some of these things. Um, and they, they knew that going into these movies, they weren't going to be able to like, they weren't going to be able to relay that in a meaningful way. Right. So they left it out of the movies, which is a good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest yeah. here. That's a good, that's a good judgment. Like if you've already got, um, you've got the castration, you know, you don't need yeah. to add pedophilia to it. Right. But I found it interesting. So long story short in the book, the caretaker, like he, he, the, the backstory that we just mentioned where he, he, becomes friends with Abby as a child and it's implied that they, that he, he kind of is like Owen before Owen. That is not the case in the book. The case in the book, she kind of discovers him and he's a pedophile and she somehow attracts him to her, you know, since she's in the body of a 12 year old essentially. And then through that coerces him into doing this stuff for her. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the details at all. I just know that that's probably a good thing. <laughs> probably a good thing they left it out. But I do like the fact that they really, what they did was they turned that on its head for let me in. And if you think about it and it's, it's kind of weird and kind of creepy, but it's interesting. Really, it's, it's kind of a reverse. It's it, like, the caretaker was essentially groomed. She she kind of chose him as a kid and like raised him to do this disgusting, sadistic work for her. Yeah. And then like he's now he's you know in his sixties and he's still doing it and he's like I don't want to do this anymore. I kind of want to get caught sort of thing. Yeah. And and that whole aspect then adds another like very disturbing like when you consider that aspect and that and that that's what's happening to Owen is very yeah again very disturbing yeah. and very yeah just... it's weird because like you can look you know you look at the movie one way and you're like oh this is a nice happy it's kind of a happy right. ending you know like they're together and they're gonna take care of each other but if you look a little deep a little more deeply yeah and you look at the caretaker character and his path and 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 you realize that owen is going down this same road 
Yeah. It's 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 very dark. You know, you're it's like, oh dark. shit, like that's not good. <laughs> like this is not it's a good very thing. Dark and, and, yeah. And, and and as I said, you know, even even if you think of her as like a twelve year old, and that's that's the that's the thing. It's maybe kind of the redeeming thing, but also not very much so. If you if you take it in the terms of what I said, where maybe Abby is perpetually a twelve year old and she just kind of thinks like a twelve year old, and she's not like this, you know, ancient mastermind kind of yeah. vampire. She's just like a twelve year old, perpetually a you know Peter Pan twelve year old kid. Um, it, it it's it's not nearly as creepy and it's a little more sad yeah. in that regard in that you know she connected with the caretaker when, you know in the 60s or whatever when he was a boy and kind of you know he kind of grew up and kind of you know left her as a 12 year old and and um you know she's she, some of their interactions in the movie hint to the fact that she's kind of in some ways she's kind of sad that he's that this is what's happened to him. Amen. That he's you know that he's he's old and dying, and she's kind of forced him to live this life because she cares for him. Right. You know, same way she cares for Owen. Right. You know, and and the same thing's going to happen to him. He's going to get old, and she's going to rely on him. But she's he's going to slowly get old yep. and die, and she's going to force him to do these awful things. And and you know, even though she's got she doesn't quite understand as a kid, you know, the effect that that is going to have on him on them. She needs, she, she knows she needs it. It's very, a lot of very just strange. Yeah. Interesting, disturbing subtext (laughs) and and nuance with this stuff. It's very, yeah, it's what it's, that's why it's a fun movie in my opinion. Cause it's, it's just like you said, when you start digging into this a little bit deeper, all this stuff kind of starts to fall apart in a way where you're like, that's fucking weird. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's just and, and 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 they're both just so really well done and just so creepy on on just a superficial level, right? And then to to, to kind yeah. of pick away the layers and be like, God damn! Yeah, the more you peel away, like the more you're like, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Even even what like I like I said, like even what is initially seems like a happy ending, right? Is not <laughs> you know it's like not. so it's not it's really not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really again it's it's kind of like hereditary. It's like this inevitable, you know. Owen, Oscar, you know, have just had these the the people in their life that matter kind of slowly stripped away from them, and to the point where they've kind of become a loner. Yeah, and they just happen across like the worst person they could happen across <laughs> at that point in their life, and it seems like a good thing for them. You know, it's you know they 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 feel like they're belong and they're kind of taken care of. But they're to some extent they're also kind of being manipulated, whether whether knowingly or not, yeah, by the vampire, right, exactly. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They just have different. They have different motives, and those motives somewhat align. But ultimately, you know, it's not going to be a good situation, right. for the poor for this poor kid, really. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's creepy. It is. It's. I mean, and that's why you know, it's a heavy subject for a Wednesday. <laughs> And that's why, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, the, um, you know, American filmmakers, production companies and stuff like that, you know, probably saw that, that, that potential there, you know, all all, all these different layers and all these, you know, just the interpretation of it and stuff like that. And that's probably why they, they they jumped on it so quick, you know, to, to do, to do a, 
uh, an American version and adaptation. And yeah, I mean, a, they're both. There's a lot of character there for sure to be. Yeah. Adapted and put on screen. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff for actors. But yeah, I mean, they're both, they're both great films. They, they both have things yeah. that I, I, I love about them and things that I don't like so much. Um, I, I, but yeah, I think I'm, you know, I think we agree that strangely it's, I, mean, I think a lot of people would disagree with us. Um, I think more people th- are, 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 yeah. are of the mindset that, that the original is better. Uh, the Swedish version is better, better, but, um, and I hate I saying think that the just, American version is better, but it, uh, there are just things I like. About. I prefer it. Yeah. I guess. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give credit where it's due with the, with the Swedish version, you know, being the first one there to yeah. do these things. And, and obviously, and they, they didn't have any reference other than the sto- original right. story to look to and, and, um, and have inspiration from. And so, you know, yeah, Matt Reeves had the added benefit of already seeing someone do a version of it and then right being able to do his own version and maybe tweak things you know hindsight is 2020 um so you know he had that advantage you know so but i don't know i i yeah i I think they're both great versions and it's I, i like that they both exist um but i think i think the biggest complaint most people have for the for the american version is just that it was unnecessary yeah you're just gonna hear people say why are they even doing it yeah. you know and and i agree i mean right. you know there's even the people even people involved in the films asked that right. question right yeah but the, tr- the 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 fact of the matter is it you know hollywood is a business it was gonna get made they chose to make it was it. gonna get made by somebody at, at least it, it was it was gonna get adapted and made at least it, it got a hot property at least it got made by somebody who was co- a competent filmmaker and who right. who made good decisions and and yeah. brought his own and cared for the property yeah, and cared for the the story and the characters and and brought his own kind of thing to it you know right um so and so I think I think ultimately that's why I like it better it's again it had the benefit of looking at the other version and kind of doing the things that it could do to improve upon it. And, and I think it did. Yeah. And, and I think that's why, I'd, you know, going back to it, I'd prefer to watch that one. Yeah. Um, but there's just, I, again, I think the the main reason that most people say they prefer the original is just because it's the original, <laughs> you know, it's the original. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think we should talk anymore about it. <laughs> like, I don't think we, we can. We've talked a lot. This is, uh, I think this is easily our longest episode, which is kind of crazy. I yeah. wasn't expecting that. We even said like, I don't know what we're really going to talk about in this episode other than the differences between the two versions. There's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of important, there's a lot of important character and, and, and filmmaking choices. Yeah. When you have two things to compare, you know, that are, you know, it's fun to pull to pick apart the choices that are made and in, in, yeah. in the performances and things. Yeah. So that was fun. It's fun to talk about both of them. I, I mean, and it was fun yeah. to revisit both of them because I, ha- I hadn't watched them in a long time. So um, they're not, they're not easygoing movies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not something you necessarily want to pick up and watch. I mean, we've talked about some of the heavy shit that's involved in, 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 you know, the layers of this movie, but it, it was good to, I, I, I was glad to go back and yeah. watch it. I've always loved both these movies. So I was glad to go back and watch it. Yeah. They're very affecting. Yeah. They're very affecting movies. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fun. I mean, then that's the whole point of horror movies is to kind of put yourself through some of these things that you wouldn't want to right. deal with in right. your real life. Yep. You know, that you would, you know, and, and kind of 
come out the other side. And so yeah. it's fun to do that. Absolutely. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Um, Who are you again? I don't know. <laughs> Richard Jenkins? <laughs> Richard Jenkins. Uh, well, that wraps it up for this episode. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another uh, yeah. another winter horror film. You'll just Hopefully. you'll just have to check back and, and see which which film that is. So uh, yeah. thanks for listening, and we'll uh, scare you later. Scare you later. <laughs> <laughs>